The practice of medicine contains moments full of pain, despair, grief, and loss. However, the strength of the human spirit triumphs as stories of kindness, empathy, joy, and healing unfold. What follows are stories of human beings, sometimes doing great things, and sometimes small things with great empathy. Welcome to Med Stories, brought to you by the Teacher Learner Advocacy Committee at Indiana University School of Medicine. Welcome to Med Stories. Would you please introduce yourselves to our audience? Hi, I'm uh, Peter Roach. I'm a professor in the Department of Biochemistry, Molecular Biology. I've been here since 1979. I've taught medical students pretty much all of that time. Uh, but more recently, I was much more involved. And for eight years, I was course director of the Legacy Biochemistry course. So biochemistry, you would catch medical students early on, is that right? Yes, in the first year. First, first semester, first year. Uh, we were not usually the most loved <laughs> course. And you would be seeing them before they had made it onto the hospital wards. They had very minor, in my day, it's changed now, but in my day they had some patient interactions, but I, I don't think you'd say on the wards. So typically when you would see medical students, it would be in the context of? Mainly in context of the lectures. Okay. Um, occasionally in context of research in labs in the summer, but mainly in, in, in the lecture series. And of course, when I was course director, then I, I saw a lot of medical students. Of course. I got to know quite a few of them, uh, mainly the ones that were struggling. Sure, sure. But I understand you've had a couple of encounters with medical students not in the biochemistry course. Absolutely, yeah. Well, actually, as I've gotten older, I, I'm beginning to see more and more doctors and quite well, almost definitely in, in Indianapolis and very often down here at university. And it's not uncommon for someone to uh, tell me, oh, I remember you, you taught biochemistry, which initially I, I heard with dread <laughs> and so my, I would always say, did, did, did you like it? Uh, you did good, right? <laughs> um, anyway, that, that sort of generic. But there's a couple of instances where I was hospitalized and medical students, fourth year medical students, were rounding with the uh, clinical teams. And then in a couple of cases then, uh, they, they left an impact on me in terms of what they did and how they performed. Can you tell us about the details of those stories? Well, the first one was more than 25 years ago. And I basically was diagnosed with pneumonia, high fever. So my memory of the med student is that you know, the, the clinical team would do their rounds and the staff, you know, the, the uh, staff clinician, a couple of residents and whatever, and then lowest 
on the chain as a <laughs> medical student. Right. Uh, so I remember this one time the team came to check up on me. This was when I was really getting better, no problems. Uh, they moved on to the next patient, and this medical student uh, stayed behind. And he asked if he could just listen to my heart for practice. Was your first impression that, you know, maybe you didn't want students uh, No, no, no. I felt it was my duty <laughs> being involved in medical student education. Right. So I was all for that. So I was happy to let him listen to my heart. But the, the, the interesting point is that he thought he heard a murmur. And, of course, he didn't have a lot of experience, right. but he picked it up. So, you know, we went and got the real docs, and then <laughs> they came back and confirmed that I had a murmur. So he was right. He was right. And, and so I left. Uh, I was discharged. I was fine. Uh, but before long, I had my very own cardiologist uh, who was monitoring my murmur. Um, ended up, I, I had aortic stenosis. And we just followed that for a few years. My problem, it turned out retrospectively, was a bicuspid aortic valve, uh, which was generating the stenosis. And that ultimately resulted in a valve replacement when this was uh, like 11 hour operation. Wow. Here at IU University. All because your valve only had two. Two leaflets Two instead leaves. of three. Yeah. Wow. And it, that wasn't something you knew about beforehand? No, no, not at all. And none of the other doctors had mentioned it? or Nobody else had picked up on it. They'd never found it? Yeah, I, they for sure weren't looking for it. Right. I'm sure somebody listened to my heart. Okay? Yeah. But I mean, it was the student who was the first one to notice. Right. Wow. I should add that, you know, I was in my early 40s, still thought I was indestructible. I never, <laughs> I never saw doctors. I mean, this was a forced case. You know, if I could have avoided going into the hospital, I would have. Um, so, you know, I, I may not have had many opportunities to have it picked up earlier. And since I was generally not seeing doctors, I, I don't know when I would have actually discovered that I had the uh, aortic stenosis. So what happened with the valve? The, well, they replaced it. So you had to have surgery? I had surgery. Wow. Yeah. Uh, complex surgery um, done right here by John Brown, who's I think still active. Oh yeah. I still see him around now and then. Um, well, he's a story all in to himself. I remember after the surgery meeting him on Barnhill Drive, and he whips out his stethoscope <laughs> to listen to his work. But uh, it was a complex operation called the Ross procedure, where they take my own pulmonary valve, stick it in the aortic position, then put a cadaver pulmonic valve in, in my pulmonic position. Um, this was a sort of novel 
uh, operation for adults at the time. Um, I've done very well on it. It's no longer very much in favor, I believe. And all because this student yeah. wanted to practice. Yeah, it, indeed. Wow. And what was the other encounter that you had? Well, the other one was much more recent and it sort of a different kind of experience with regard to the student. So this, I, I was a good complicated case for teaching. So, so what happened is I came back from a trip to Europe and with really bad fever and mm. not doing great. Um, went and saw docs and I gave me antibiotics and what have you. But I also developed a really strong pain in my lower back. Mm. And so when I was showing up and explaining my symptoms, you know, you had the physician, you know, uh, fever, strong back pain, you know, they, they were puzzled about this. I did a number of different outpatient tests. And at some point, they discovered that I had bacteremia. And that was at IU. And um, immediately they stuck me in university hospital again. Of course. Uh, but this, this the visit was more complicated because um, they didn't quite know what was going on. And, you know, this connection, lower back pain, infection. I even heard them talking about uh, infection in the spine, which didn't sound very good no. at all. Uh, so I was getting examined a lot. I had two different clinical teams. One was led by the hospitalist, and the other was led by the infectious diseases doctor, Dr. Herb Cushing who's left us now, actually. Um, so, actually, I was more... Um, I, I, I was more driven by knowing what the infectious disease guys were saying sure. at that point. Everyone's um, hunting for the origin of this fever. Well, to, to, yes, and how to explain the back pain. So it was a confusing time, and I got all sorts of tests. Um, I remember they even brought in some cardiologists from Methodists to give me a transesophageal echo. Um, and there was a lot of waiting around, not knowing what was going to happen. So on one of the teams was a fourth year medical student uh, called John Brainerd. And he was at the Evansville campus. So he didn't know me at all. So for teaching. his first two years, he yeah, had been yeah, on a different yeah. campus, I yeah, see. Yeah, exactly. So he, he didn't pick up on me being a teacher until I, we got talking and he learned. Um, so he basically just was interested in the case, but he took a lot of interest and he would come by and spend significant time every day, wow. sometimes more than once, talking to me. And uh, for me, his great value was, you know, the, 
the, the, the, the doctors were able to tell me the broad brush strokes of things, you know. Yeah, we're wor worried about this. We're going to do this test and then we'll think about that. And, and that's okay. I sort of felt I was fairly educated patient, but I was getting a lot of information. Must have been overwhelming. Coming in pretty fast, okay? And then the uncertainty. So John was a calming influence, first of all. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, he, he would be able to tell me the nuts and bolts, you know? Like, they're going to do a transesophageal echo, so you have to be fasted. I see. Um, that, that should happen tomorrow. Actually, it turns out these guys never showed up. Um, so it was through John I learned that all oh, their scheduling ended up not permitting it. And no one communicated to the patient that they could eat. <laughs> oh, no. So, so you're sitting there hungry. Yeah, and I didn't want to eat because I, you know, get it done, right? Sure. So anyway, so John just, he, he spent a lot of time with me and I, I was impressed with his sort of maturity um, and his interest. Um, he was clearly a, a, a very serious student. Um, I have this one memory. It was a Saturday. He came by and he said he wouldn't be in on the Sunday. And so I asked him, uh, so what you, what you up to? And he said, oh, I'm going to be reading up on endocarditis, <laughs> which is what I was ultimately um, diagnosed with wow. to explain the bacteremia. Yeah. And I should add that the back pain ended up being totally unconnected. A red herring. A red herring. Um, so that's my other memory of a med student. But this was, you know, a very specific instance where of the team, now, you know, the, the medical student was very valuable to me. That's a wonderful story about how you kind of came full circle. You're giving out the information to the students and then, you know, years later, they're giving the information back to you. So yeah. it's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. That, that is interesting. As I said, I didn't visit hospitals or doctors very much. But when I started doing that, that's when I would meet people who'd taken my course or uh, who'd taken one of the other courses in biochemistry and bring it up. Right. Well, there's a lot of us. I'll count myself in that group. <laughs> so thank you for all your efforts and thank you for sharing your stories with us. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. Join us next time for more Med Stories. Have one of your own? Email us at medstory at iu.edu. That's M-E-D-S-T-O-R-Y at iu.edu. This has been a production of Indiana University School of Medicine, preparing healers and transforming health.